Superman had to learn how to break out of the comfort of his cushy world and become the man of purpose he was destined to be. That sort of sounds like you and I. Matter of fact, in the Word of God, we're going to walk through some things today, but um, God is wanting to get us out of that comfort zone of living and move us into destiny. And that, there's a price that has to be paid for that to happen. Superman was willing to do that. His best superpower was flying. It gave him something above anything else. You know, you can find a laser gun, I guess. You can find a gun that can go fast. But he was able to fly. Human beings weren't able to do that. And he had learned to fly in order to get a proper or better perspective over the problems that he faced. So when he flew over them, he was able to see what he was dealing with from a bird's eye view. How many remember a message? I'm not going to preach this message per se today, but how many remember a message I did called the Eagle's Nest? Do you remember the message I did? The Eagle's Nest, and not very many of you, and I built on the platform, it was about, oh gosh, seven feet high, and on top of that platform was a huge Eagle's Nest, and I preached about the Eagle, and I learned a lot about how the Eagles and Eaglets react, and just like us in life, we're kind of like the eaglet, right? We kind of come in, we're born again, but we don't always know exactly what we're supposed to do. So we have to be taught those things. God wants us to be eagles. He doesn't want us to try to be something that we're not. Eagles have the potential of flying way high to get a bird's eye view or perspective over their problems. And guess what happens when you see from a height, a distance of a mile, everything looks pretty small. But when you're on low land, I kind of preached that on Thursday night, low land, you see from a perspective from, the low, from a lower point of view, it looks pretty big. But when you're on top of it, it looks pretty small. And so uh, the eaglet is a very important, uh, 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 I guess, analogy to what we're talking about today because like Superman, the eaglet has to learn how he has abilities and how that he has potential and possibilities. When a a mama eagle gives birth or lays the egg for an eaglet uh, in her nest. Um, this eaglet is now encapsulated by a hard shell exterior. So it becomes the interior for the eagle, but the exterior for any other force to try to get to, get to it. And so even though it may be somewhat secure inside of that place, it can't stay there forever. It's got to come out of its shell at some point. So the first thing the eaglet faces is a tough shell around it. So the eagle, God did this inside of the eagle. He made eaglet. He made them to have or develop something called an egg tooth. Egg tooth is inside the beak, uh, uh, inner lining of the wall of the, of the beak of the eaglet so that when it becomes of age and it's time for the thing to come out of the egg or to be born into the world, it will use its egg tooth like a can opener to crack the hardness of the shell. In other words, the eaglet has to develop something in him that's stronger than what's keeping him in. Come on, somebody say amen to this. Woo, it's going to get strong from here. Let me make this statement. God has got to toughen you up so that you can survive the next season of your life. Which, which lets me know that if I'm going through a struggle right now in my life, there's a design around that. It may look hard, but God's actually making me tougher than my circumstance. He's making me stronger than my situation. Come on, church. And I got myself an egg tooth that's developing something stronger, come on, than what's going on on the outside of me. 
And church, let me tell you something. This is what I do now. When the devil comes to attack me now, here's what I do now. I show him my resume. That was a good place to shout right there. In other words, I don't let the devil play no games with me. When he comes to me, I say, Mr. Devil, have you noticed something? I survived your attack last year. I survived your attack the year before. And I can go back to 1999 and tell you I survived an attack. Come on from hell. But I'm still standing. I'm still. Is anybody here today? Does anybody have a story like that to tell today? Who's got yourself an egg tooth? Turn your neighbor and say, bite it. Just say, bite it, you know. Bite the shell. Amen. Come on, somebody. Yeah. He comes at me, and I tell him, like David said, I killed a lion. I killed a bear. And Goliath, you ain't got nothing else. There ain't nothing you can do to me. I know what my God did when no one else was looking. I know what God did when no one else was around. And Goliath, you may be yelling now, but you're going down, and I'm taking your head off too. Come on. Come on. So no matter what you're facing, it doesn't matter what's going on. you got to remind yourself, if God did that, he'll do this. And if he did this, he'll do that. Come on, somebody. How many has got some that's that you had to overcome in your life? That bill, that report, that rejection, that news, that attack, that disappointment, that discouragement, that betrayal. Come on, somebody. But like the eaglet... There's something in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And what i got to do is expose my God through me into my situation to get my breakthrough. I'm telling you right now, the eaglet didn't get a breakthrough from the outside in. The eaglet got a breakthrough from the inside. Come on. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some breakthroughs in my life. There's some breakthroughs that you have to do for yourself. I'm going to say it one more time. In the middle of July. There's some breakthroughs you just got to do for yourself. In other words, God will be with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And you got to depend upon him. But he said, if you make your bed in hell, I'll be there. If you go in the water, I'll be there. If you're in the fire, I'll be there. So if he be with me, no matter what I'm going through, that gives me the power to break through. Stop waiting on someone else to give you your break. You thought you'd matter, you thought you'd marry that dude because you thought he'd be able to give you a break. I think I might just preach a little bit right here. And that's why you still broke as a joke because you thought that guy was gonna come through for you, then he lost his job. Now what? When is God going to be your number one? When is God going to become your supplier? When is God going to be everything and anything to you? Once the shell is broken through, then the mama eagle takes the broken eagle egg and she begins to tamp them down. And she will take her own feathers and pluck them out. 
and she'll lay him across the bed of those sticks that are sticking up, the little barbs and jabs and, and the little things that are sticking up that makes it uncomfortable inside the nest. And she begins to make it a cozy place for her eaglets. And she begins to lay even her own feathers across the bottom. And if that's not enough, she goes to the countryside and finds where the sheep are and begins to gather the wool from the sheep that are, have fallen off. And she flies it up to her nest and she begins to lay that down. And then she gets leaves and anything that's soft, she fills that the bedding of that nest up by inches and she begins to make it the most comfortable place for her little eaglets to be raised and to be able to enjoy some rest see after the breakthrough God wants to give you some rest because it wasn't easy it wasn't easy so he's got to give you rest now God ain't going to give you rest forever but he's going to give you some rest so you're able to do what you're called to do now look look at uh, Exodus uh, I'm sorry what was it Exodus 19:4 it says you you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles wings and brought you to myself God literally made Egypt Egypt he made Egypt his nest to put his people in it God viewed Egypt as a nest to take care of his people to feed them to nurture them to grow them was Egypt comfortable? No. Egypt was a place that was hard. Egypt was a place uh, that was difficult. Shackles, bondage of some sort. Egypt was the place of total contradiction. And some of you are in that place right now in your life. God has given you a promise. And it looks like everything but the promise is true. God said he's going to make you wealthy and you, had, you, couldn't have, you, don't have enough, you don't have enough money for a bus fare. Am I talking to somebody today? God said you're going to, you're going to, have, you're going to have an incredible relationship and you can't, find, can't buy a date. I mean, you're in a season of... Con in other words, it looked like it was going to happen, but everything fell through and it just is not working out quite right. And you don't know what's going on. I'll tell you what, we may not know all the ramifications of what's happening, but we have a clue. He's still Mama Eagle. He'll still take care of his children in the nest if you just rest in it for just a moment. Come on, let him grow you and groom you. So Egypt was the nest. It was a place of nurturing and growing and being fed and to be cared for. But it was tough. It wasn't easy. God said, you're going to have the promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey. But instead, they're in shackles in Egypt. Egypt was not meant to be a permanent place. I just said something right there. Egypt was not meant to be a permanent place. It was the place of transition. Everybody say Temporary. Touch your neighbor, say temporary. Don't lay down roots in a temporary place. Jesus. You wonder why you lost your job? It was temporary. You want to know why you lost that man? He was temporary. Sir, you know why she walked out on you? It was temporary. You know why they're talking behind your back and betraying you on Facebook and everywhere else like that? They're temporary. Don't lay down roots in a temporary place. In the temporary place, God is doing more in you than he's doing through you. It's where we're learning about him. Grooming and being grown up. 
Look, church, God will put you in a temporary place so that he can get your attention in order so that he can care for you, so that he can feed you, so he can nurture you, so that he can grow you up. Is it comfortable? No. Is it exciting? No. Don't want to take no Facebook posts with that place. There ain't no fun. Looks like everybody else is having fun but me. If I can be real about it. It's a place where God will take you for a season and he will hide you unto himself. Why does he hide you? Because he's got to preserve you. And if he exposes you too early, you're not strong enough to fight the enemy who wants to come and take you out. Therefore, he's got to hide you. You're not comfortable being hidden. Why? Because it's not running water. Come on, somebody. It's not a, you don't have an indoor kitchen. It's not a nice place, but it's a place of safety where God will take care of his own. So if you've been in a place of uncomfortability, just know God's got his promise on his mind for you. And this God is a promise-keeping God. I feel like preaching in this place today. Amen, somebody. He'll nurture you. He'll grow you. He'll hide you. My wife and I went to Madison, Wisconsin. We thought that's where God wanted us to be, to start a church. And we started a church there, and we had a small little church of people coming. And we were so discouraged because we knew there was so much more inside of us than what we were seeing with our eyes. We tried to be faithful, but it was difficult. It was hard. It was like we couldn't get it going. We just couldn't get it going. But we felt led of God to do it. We felt that God called us to leave the church that we were at and go into the place that he called us to, which at the time was Madison, Wisconsin. See, Madison was in my heart before Milwaukee was in my heart. But here's the good news. I'm, my heart is wherever God's will is. And my, the will of God wasn't there. You see, Madison was a temporary place. It was a place where God was going to test Robin and God was going to test Jeff to see what we were made of. It was a place where God said, it's temporary, honey, this isn't for you forever, but I'm going to make it look like it is for a season. I want to know what you will and will not do. I want to know if you'll follow me to the ends of the world or if you're going to rebel against me. I want to know if you'll stick it out when the stuff gets tough. I want to know when hell comes up against you, will you fight in the midst of hell on my behalf or will you quit? Guess what we did? We fought. God opened the door and called us to come here and look at this. We could have never dreamed what God would do that I would fall in love with the city I didn't know anything about or with the people like you that I didn't know anything about. And now this is my, I'm not from here. But I can tell you one thing. I'll fight for Milwaukee like I am from here. I'm a homeboy whether they accept me or not. Just tap your neighbor and say, he's a homeboy. He's a homeboy. I was so backwards when I came here, I called it the home bridge, H-O-M-E. I didn't know, praise God. Found that was the home bridge. I didn't know. Come on. Come on. I was just learning. But I wanted to know everything about it because I want to know when I'm in the will of God, that's where my heart is. My heart's not going to go over here or go over off yonder. My heart is smack dab where God wants it to be. And I'm not going to give some. I'm going to give my all. So God took us and he hid us for a season because he had greatness in mind. And I knew it on the inside. I couldn't prove it to nobody because everything else around me was failure. And failure to the untrained eye. Will cause you to go backwards. Stressed out. Depressed. 
But when you look at it in the eye of the Spirit, there's no such thing as failure at all. When it looks like a failure, it's called temporary. It's called transition, honey. You're not staying here. God's getting your attention to move you where he's called you to go. All right, I'm losing some of y'all. I want to say this. Until you realize that there is greater in you than you've manifested on the outside of you, you'll never push beyond where you're at. That's why people don't come to church half the time. They don't come to church. They don't come to church because they feel like, you know, there's nothing I can do about my situation. Anyway. It's as good as it's ever going to get. Don't you ever believe a lie like that. God didn't put you out here to leave you in despondency. He didn't leave. He's not going to leave you out here in destruction. He wants to bring you all the way in. That's his assignment. But you need the house of God. You need teaching. You need to build up your faith. People need to understand that. Look, where you're at isn't where you're going to end up. This isn't it. Would you at least tell one person and say, this isn't it. Come on, tell them. This isn't it. I almost dabbed. You see, I almost dabbed right there, praise God. <laughs> he didn't leave you out here. We were going through all the troubles we were going through, facing battles, hurt, licking wounds, you know, feeling sorry for yourself, all that stuff that goes with that package. One thing I said to myself, this isn't you. This isn't who you are. This isn't where God brought you to. This ain't what he promised. And I would tell God, Lord, you're not a liar. My circumstances are lying, but you're not a liar. You promised me. And this right now looks like everything about what you said makes you a liar. And if you're not a liar, that makes you a promise keeper. And if you're a promise keeper, tell me, whatever I got to learn through the process, I'm going to learn it, Lord God, so I can be stronger for the next level that you have in front of me. Come on. This whole thing is about getting to that next place. Why do you think God is moving like this in the middle of July? This don't never happen for us. Why? People are hungry. They're thirsty. They want to step out into that place of unknown. They're sick and tired of program, sick and tired of the same thing over and over and over again. You're a better father than this. You're a better mother than this. You got you had one bad relationship, guess what? You're going to have a better relationship than the one you had. You got a bad report, you're going to have a better report. You just got to keep on putting one foot in front of the other. What would Superman do? What would Superman do? He'd fly. He'd get above it. He'd get a pr better perspective. The eaglet must learn to fly, y'all. He's got to learn to fly. He wasn't built to stay in the nest his whole life. So that the very thing that nurtured him, fed him, took care of him can actually become his detriment in the end. Did you hear what I'm saying? He wasn't built to be caged. Were you? Were you built to be caged in depression, poverty, discouragement, anger, worriedness? Look, you adjust to Whatever you begin to accept. If you will accept it into your life, your whole life will begin to adjust to it.
That's why you have to say, no, this is not the end of the road for me. I was just at a place, and, and this place was, uh, I won't tell you what it was, but I was, in the, I was in the back, actually I was there ministering, but then I was in the back of the room, and at the back of the room, there had to be a couple hundred people there. And I'm going to say this, because I can say this on the south side, I can just go ahead and say because I've earned the right to say this, but all the people in there were hood. Y'all know what I'm talking about because y'all still are. Or at least you know somebody that is, praise God. And I mean they're hood. How do you know? You know. Have a conversation with someone from the hood. You'll know real quick. There's a whole lingo. My lingo don't match their lingo. And they look a lot alike. They talk a lot alike. They act a lot alike. Good people. Good people. Loving people. But very much the same. And I looked and my heart began to break. And I said, Lord, we got to do something here. Why does your heart begin to break? You say, Lord, you have to do something here. Because I saw them, and I saw their, their life was so small. They have an inch-by-inch inch world. That's all they have. And maybe some of the, 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 the stars that they let, like to listen to in Hollywood or on the radio, and that's all they got. So however they, they live their life, they emulate that nonsense. And it's so small. We're not to live small lives. Little three-by-five lives. We got to expand our territory. Don't ever settle for second best. Don't ever settle and say, this is all it's going to be. And nowadays, they glorify the hood. You ain't from the hood, you ain't nobody in their, in their mind. Talked to Pastor Elvin White, who's the sister church in, in Rockford. And um, uh, I talked to him, and, and uh, he, grew up, he grew up in the projects in Rockford. And I said, I told him about my concern. He says, he said, you know, he said, Pastor, he said, um, he said, the truth is, he said, it was a badge of honor. Walk around to everybody. He said that I was from Orton, Orton Keys Projects, what is in Rockford. He says, it was a badge of honor. Then people give you respect because you're from something. You, you know, you're from, the, you're from the hood. I said, really? He said, oh, yeah, that should give you respect. I'm thinking, my God, we got whole generations now that glorify the worst. Yes, sometimes we gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. That's not, his mother was great and raised him in the projects and they turned out to be great people. My point is this. My point is she didn't settle for that stuff. She wanted better. So she went to nursing school and she served in the house of God and God began to bless her and her husband and now their children, a lot of them are in ministry now and serving the Lord. Come on, that's what God wants. That's what God wants. Some of y'all don't even go out of your own neighborhoods. You got a five-block radius, and that's it. Where's your sense of adventure? Don't you want to know how other people actually live? There's a whole world out there. Then the small world you get cooped up in. Someone say, well, I've heard people say this all the time, Pastor. They say, well, I just can't get out. I just can't get out. Can't get out of this marriage. If he's beating you, you don't get out. You run out. You go as far as you can. Where am I going to go? Anywhere but there, honey. Anywhere. It's not that simple. Yes, it is when you trust this God. I, you know, it's just tough out there in the hood. Everybody getting shot. But why don't you leave? Well, you can't, I just can't get out. That's a lie. Start walking. Where would I go? Anywhere. It's a mindset. I'm losing half the crowd right now, y'all. Are you still with me? Don't be offended at me. I'm telling you, God gave me a voice. 
in this side of the city so I could tell people there's a better way, there's a better God, and he wants to get you out of every circumstance so that you can have a wonderful life and have a life of destiny and purpose. Jesus. So, the eaglet feels pretty comfortable in the nest. After all, it's cushy. It's nice, you know. He can just lay back and chill. How many times we've seen this, and you might have saw in videos, that when it's time for the eaglet to fly, and we've heard the statement that the mama begins to go crazy in the nest. She goes nuts. She acting like she's losing her mind in that nest. She starts taking her her wings and she is flying and flipping things out of the nest and throwing stuff around. What is she doing? She's getting all the pieces of comfort, all the pieces of the feather and the leaves and the wool and she's flipping it and flopping it all outside of the nest. Why? Because she don't want the eagle to be comfortable anymore. God will do the same thing in your life. When God comes in, you find, you're in a state of, I'm not comfortable anymore. It's because God is in your life, and he's stirring up the nest. Why? Because it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to go to that next place. It's time to learn to fly. Come on. And so you pray prayers like this. God. Where are you, God? God, why do you treat me like this, God? What's going on, God? I thought you loved me. Just like the eagle says, Mama, did you take your medicine today? She's crazy. And now she picks up that eagle, the eaglet, and puts that eaglet on the very edge of that nest. And the eagle's like, oh, Mama, what's going on here, Mama? She's getting pushed out there on the edge, right? Get to the edge. She, he, he's teeter, he sees the edge over the edge. He's going, I don't want to go down there. I don't want to go down there. And mama stirring. She's flopping. She's going nuts. Jump, jump, jump. No, no, right? Doesn't want to go. Finally, she takes her beak and nudges him. He begins to lose his and ends up falling outside of the nest. Cruel? No. Care. Cruel? No preparation. Cruel? No destiny. For she knows if he won't learn to fly for himself, one day she'll die. And if she dies and can't supply for him, then guess what? She will, he won't be able to do it on his own. So he's, she's got to teach him. Church, when you're three years old and you put your foot on your mama's lap and say, please tie my shoe, mama, mama might do it. But when you're 33 years old, and you put your foot on her lap and said, please, mama, tie my shoe. She's going to say, buy a slip-on. Come on, somebody say amen to that. She's going to push your foot. But tie your own shoe, boy. Why? Once she taught you how to do it, you can now do it for yourself. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Come on. Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Do you know what that means? That means that when the eagle, eagle is on the edge, and the eagle, mama, pushes him out, she knows that he's probably not going to fly the first time. 
Boy, he's trying, man. He is trying. Earth is coming fast. He's trying. He can't, he can't do it. So what happens? Mama already knows this. And mama jumps off the nest. About 65 miles an hour. Comes flying down. Gets underneath him. And mounts him up. Just like our God. You can't lose. You can't fail. If he pushes you out of the nest. And you begin to fall and stumble. He'll come along and mount you up. Come on. It's time to fly. It's, I said it's time to fly. God used Joseph to be the first one to build the nest in Egypt. He prepared it for his people. Pharaoh was the one that God chose to feed the people in the nest. You know what that tells me? The people you don't even like going to take care of you. Come on, somebody. Say amen to that. Moses is the one to stir the nest. So when you start feeling disruption in your world, it's a sign of progression. It's a sign of promotion in your life. Who's ready to see? I, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to walk, God forbid that it's on a treadmill. Let me get somewhere. I don't want to be the same place I started. If I'm walking one mile, I want to get to a mile down the road. I don't want to be the same place. I don't, I don't want it. Come on, y'all. So if we're going to have to do this process thing, let's at least make it to the other side. So when God begins to disrupt your world, stir up your nest, it's so that he can prepare you to move you in and you will not fail. You will not falter. You will fly and become the mighty eagle you were called to be. There was, a, there was an eagle egg one day that fell out of a nest. It rolled down the mountain. And it rolled into, it rolled into a chicken coop. And it broke free of the egg. And standing around it was a bunch of chickens. And so he looked at the chickens. He's new. He don't know. And he sees them bobbing their heads. So he starts bobbing his head. He sees him pecking at the ground, so he starts pecking at the ground. He doesn't even know what he's pecking for. He says, what are we pecking for? They say, worms, trying to find worms. He's looking for worms. He sees him. He sees him doing the chicken. So he starts doing the chicken. What's he doing? He's simply imitating the people in his life because he don't know no other way. He dies in that chicken coop, lives his whole life thinking he's a chicken. Low life. Doesn't know he was born for the skies. Y'all hear me? What does that tell me? If you want to learn to soar like an eagle in your life, Get away from all them chickens you've been running with. Come on, church. Come on. 